Saludos and salutations, Broncos country. Welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I'm your host, Adan Diaz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Richie, Richie, Richie. Richie, how are you doing today, my friend? Not bad. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thank you very much. Richie, we have an action-packed show for our viewers tonight. But before we get into tonight's action, I just want to go remind you guys over a couple of things. Guys, we are on a quest for 1,000 subs. Hashtag quest for 1,000. You see it at the very top, right above Richie's head. We are on a quest to get 1,000 subscribers for the At Mile High Roundtable podcast. Our links are, you can see them right underneath me uh, this way. So make sure you guys are following us on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, and help us spread the word so we can complete our quest for 1,000. Also, we want to remind you that we are a fan-based podcast. The opinions that you hear are of Richie and myself alone. We are not reporters. We are not being paid to be here, but we love being here and just talking Broncos football with you guys. Also, make sure, like I said, subscribe to the show hit that subscribe button so you get live notifications uh every tuesday when we go live or if there's ever changes depending on the schedule so with that said richie are you ready for our ask a fan segment today i am i just want to remind everyone for those who do not follow me on twitter uh i've been uh Fairly active this week. I wanted to make sure that we had an active participation group here from Broncos country. I know our guest has a, quite a number of active followers on his podcast. And uh, if we want to maybe go ahead and bring in our guest for the evening. Yeah! <laughs> Ladies nice. and gentlemen, say hello to Captain Jack Rackham. Captain, how are you doing tonight? I'm fine. And I got out of the freaking hospital and I'm still screaming and snarling and salty. But I'm not swearing because we got a clean podcast here. <laughs> well, we do appreciate you, Captain, for holding that up. And Broncos country, let's try to stay civil for at least 60 minutes. Uh, you know, it's, 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 I know it's hard. I know it's asking a lot That's what I'll, she said. <laughs> <laughs> because I'll, I'll be honest with you. Whenever I sat down and watched the Broncos play division rivals, I was not this, uh, a component of myself. So, um, I think I can go on for, for 60 minutes, but anyways, captain, let our audience know for, for those of you that don't know about you, how you became to be a Raiders fan. Well, actually, that's a, and by the way, this is my uh, quote unquote, not a salty voice because I can't do that crap for an hour. I mean, I can, but you know, again, and not that I, not that I'm playing the pity card, you know, for the late, you know, this is the smallest violin playing for you for all of this stuff. But uh, because, you know, I'm supposed to be relaxing and chill and things like that. Cause again, I literally just got out of the hospital uh, uh, today. Okay. Had a, uh, and I'll get there. And by the way, you're going to have to deal with the captain because the captain will be on a highway. Then he'll go off on one of the roads. Then he'll go off on another road and another. And he'll eventually get back to the highway. But mm-hmm. you just got to follow along on the journey. I got I got to tell you that. Okay. Playing hurt. Had a bypass, uh, double bypass 15 years ago. Just had a uh, angioplasty on one of the arteries that wasn't bypassed. So I've got a clean bill of health for uh, a, a lot more time, hopefully. And I want to thank everybody that was out in uh, 
in both Raider Nation along with other fans. I know folks like Mile High Prophet and Mary Grant. I was just going to mention her. You know, wonderful fans that are friends of mine. I want to thank everybody for their kind words and wishes and me getting home. So I can I can be as boisterous and salty as I normally am. So again, thank you there. How I became a Raider fan. See, this is now I'm back on the highway. Okay, I, I did my diversion. I'm back on the highway. I lived in Philadelphia as a kid, and I am a staunch Philadelphia fan as far as other sports. Phillies and Flyers were my main interest back when I was a kid. I'm early 70s, well before you guys were even a thought in any of your parents' mind, okay? Uh, but I went to school with a gentleman by the name of Kenny Blanda. And for those that don't know the Blanda name, George Blanda was the oldest uh, player in the NFL in history. He played until he was 48 years old. He played for the Bears, and he played for the Houston Oilers, the AFL, and then he eventually went over to the Raiders. Okay, thank you there. Uh, is it Mundungus? Yep, that's our boss. I like that name, Mundungus. Thank you there, shipmate. Uh, so I was a, a, a fan of watching Raider football because in the early 70s, sorry guys, we were the team. We were on NBC every Sunday as the four o'clock game because we were the shiznit. See how I clean that up for you? We were the shiznit, <laughs> okay? And uh, we, we would be at the, the four o'clock game. I mean, the Raider games of old would have like Raiders Kansas City with the fights amongst, you know, that, that became famous. Um, the Raiders playing the Jets and all the other, you know, the spearings and all the things. We were made for must-see TV before it was there. So I became a fan in Philadelphia of the Raiders because, whoop, wrong, wrong side. Where's, where the hell is my, okay, yeah, see, it's, I'm looking at the thing in the trunk. It's mm-hmm. back. I saw the Pirates, okay? I saw the cross shield. What the hell is going on? There we go. I saw the cross shield, the Pirate, the logo, the uniforms, the way we kicked everybody's ass. I'm going to leave it at that. And we were TV. And that's why I became a Raiders fan living in Philly. I've been a Raiders fan since 72. One year shy of 50. I won't say what that number is because that will evoke memories of that other Bay Area team. And I want nothing to do with that other Bay Area team. So I, I just rounded up to 50 years as a Raiders fan. Very well said, Captain. And we have uh, the very first question for you, uh, which just happens to come from our our boss. Huh? Mute. Mute. (laughs) Wait, I'm on mute. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm I'm not muted. It it must be you. Um, Our boss says, uh, the Raiders have a very... You're not on mute. I'm sorry. I, I had it on because I was, I apologize. I said you were on mute. No, I was on mute. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say. I was, I was about to check my stuff. Uh, the Raiders have a very rich history of really good coaches. What were your thoughts on Gruden coming back, and do you still have the same feelings today as you did when he was brought in? Very good question, uh, Madungus. I love that name, by the way, Madungus. Uh, I'll be very honest with you. Uh, I am not a John Gruden fan per se. Okay, and the reason why I say that is because John Gruden uh, is very conservative to my nature. He's always been conservative. Uh, he would would never really go for the killer punch. You know, if the Raiders were up big, he would he would like kind of like tone it back and be a little bit more conservative. And then there would be those three and outs and the other things like that. And many times the Raiders would lose was because. 
he wasn't going for the jugular, okay? And uh, so I, 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 I appreciate the fact that Gruden allegedly is being a little bit more forceful in, in his offense. Um, also, you know, Gruden is a run-first, set-up-the-pass guy. People are always saying how the Raiders are pass, pass, pass. But Gruden is a guy who loves to use the run. I mean, he ran uh, Cadillac Williams to death. Literally. He ran him to death. Well, not literally, but almost literally ran him to death in Tampa. Okay? He, he overused Mike Allstott. So he's a run-the-guys-heavy type of, type of dude. But nowadays, we now have that wonderful guy who can spell Jacobs. We have uh, Kenyon Drake coming in here. We have our fullback. Uh, who is a great guy who can catch passes and block and things like that, along with our deep threats, and we will go into that later on. So if Gruden can be a little less conservative, and the best thing he did was he addressed the freaking defense in the offseason because we lost so many games last year at the very end because the defense couldn't keep a freaking lead. I, you know what? I, I tend to agree with you there, Captain. I mean, the only, the, the only credit I can really give John Gruden for last season was the fact that the Raiders were the only team in our division to actually beat the Chiefs and not just beat the Chiefs, but beat them at home. Yeah. So, you know, to take down the Super Bowl champs the way that they did, I mean, you got to give them credit. I mean, Derek Carr went out there and him and Nelson Aguilar. And I mean, that that whole Raiders offense put on a team. And then when we went to play in Las Vegas, that first game, I mean, we we got our butts kicked. I'm not gonna sit there and lie. Uh, and you know, and I, I wish I could sit here and tell you like, oh, it was because most of our players were injured. But unfortunately that was just from the defense. Our offense, the majority of them were still out there. And you know, we still have a lot to see from Drew Locke in terms, and that's if he gets the starting, the starting position in 2021 because a lot can happen literally a week from today if a certain quarterback gets traded from a certain team to come to either it's rumored to come to denver or he could go to, to vegas supposedly so um, <laughs> i'm going i'm going to dispel those rumors uh 610 610 max i'm going to dispel them and the reason why I say that is because not that, you know, because Gruden and uh, Derek Carr do have a tight camaraderie there. But would you really, unless your name is Elway, ooh, I said a dirty, dirty word here as well, at least for the radio. <laughs> unless your name is Elway and you can't groom a quarterback for your system, and I, I'm taking a shot at you because I really believe it's true. He can't groom a homegrown quarterback. Okay, I don't remember the last time that the Broncos had a quarterback that they drafted that was successful. I mean, Jake Plummer comes to mind and we're going way back because they drafted Plummer out of Arizona and he was a damn good quarterback. They had Brian Greasy, who was a decent quarterback as well. But I believe those were kind of uh, El pre-Elway getting into the front office. The Broncos, unfortunately, have not had good luck drafting a quarterback to help them out. They had the, uh, the the auspices to get a gentleman by the name of Manning, and he took you to two Super Bowls, and mm -hmm. it was fantastic for you in one of them. It was very fantastic for me because I was actually thrown out of a party because I was I was just, just wailing on. on <laughs> I was thrown out of a Super Bowl party. I, I was that loud uh, when I was down uh -huh. in the 
But, you know, uh, Manning did win you a Super Bowl. But honestly, that defense won you a Super Bowl and Manning caretake was the caretaker for that. Not hate because it's true. The bad thing is, though, is that you drafted Drew Locke, who was supposed to be the next coming. And I'm not a fan. And if you're a Raider fan, you want Drew Locke to stay there. You want <laughs> Drew Locke to be a quarterback of the Denver Broncos. No, that's, that's why. That's actually true, Captain. And I'm not going to sit here and lie. You're you're 100% right. But to clarify that um, point about John Elway, see, a lot of people think that just because John Elway was a great quarterback in his time, that just because you come in a position that you used to play, that you automatically, you become a whisperer of sorts, you know. And unfortunately, John Elway has proved that that's not true. Uh, all the, you know, the Brock Osweiler, he... He only won a Super Bowl championship because of the 2015 defense that was the Denver Broncos. And then, you know, he went on to get a, a huge contract from Houston, which John Elway tried to match, by the way, but unfortunately didn't work out. He went to Houston and then he went to Cleveland and then he kind of flamed out after that. And, and then there were It was good that he didn't match it because you saw the, the way that Brock Osweiler played. Yeah, he I mean, your defense. Yeah, and then, you know, there was the Paxton Lynches, there were the Trevor Simeons, and, you know, so forth and so forth. So, Finding a quarterback in this league, in the draft itself, takes more than having somebody who used to play in that position because that's that's all a myth. You know, just ask the, the, the Chiefs, who we talked about uh, before the show, who went and got Patrick Mahomes. Nobody knew Patrick Mahomes was going to turn out to be that guy. The Chargers, who went out and got Justin Herbert. You know, the Raiders, when they went out and got Derek Carr whenever he was drafted. So those three teams have their star quarterbacks one's a rookie one's a, a current super bowl champion and then Derek carr he's he, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna tell you he's a he's a pretty good quarterback because you know he he is what he is so as long as denver's still playing this you know we're still looking for a quarterback situation whether they go out and get an aaron Rodgers or they put another they give julak another chance that's just kind of gambling really and say do we really want to gamble another season to see if Drew Locke is the guy or not? Is what our new GM, George Payton, is asking himself. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I would. Oh, I'm sorry, Rich. I, I, I apologize. Yeah, I, I was going to say, when you look at the kind of the quarterback hierarchy in our division collectively, uh, Carr is third um, in, in my rankings. Um, I, I actually believe Justin Herbert has showed enough in his last season that he showed that he has more tools, certainly more potential, and can hit more throws on a subpar team than I've seen from Carr. Now, that doesn't mean that I think Carr is a poor quarterback or a bad quarterback. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, is Derek Carr has been in the league long enough where he has earned himself. Notice I use the word earned. Earned himself a second contract and is with the Raiders and has proven a proven track work, a proven track record of being either average or in some cases slightly above average and other cases slightly below average. But basically right in that middle pack of, of quarterbacks in the NFL, which is not a bad thing. Trust me, there are teams that wish we could be middle of the pack. And if we're going to be honest, the Broncos wish Drew Locke was middle of the pack too, right? <laughs> and and so when I look at, you when I like look at Derek... In that recent poll, wasn't he the, 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 the 32nd ranked quarterback? Granted, this is just a preseason poll. They actually had rookies ranked ahead of Drew Locke. 
Yeah, he, he was. Yeah. And, and and I think that that's, that's a little much because you have really no idea where rookies are going to land. So, like, for example, Tua, if you look at where he was ranked in the previous year coming out of the draft, everyone thought that he was going to be this world beater when he came out of uh, college. And if you're going to be perfectly honest, looking, my dad's a Miami fan. Some things you just can't fix. And um, yeah, exactly. Some things you just can't fix there. And so when I saw Tua come out, I, I just because my dad's a, a fan, I obviously watched a fair number of their games when I could. And when you looked at what Tua did, he needed Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in and basically bail him out of, of those games. And, and frankly, if Fitz wasn't there, they would have lost a good number of games because Fitzpatrick did a lot. So I don't think it's fair. I remember, but you know, that goes off the, you know, right. But, but, but again, the the point here is that you can't rank college rookies until they've at least played and shown on the field at the NFL level, in my opinion, that they are better than current pros. The only exception that I might make to that rule is someone who's pretty polished coming out of college that's played against higher level competition on the defensive side of the ball and a guy like maybe Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he has played against teams that have legitimately fielded half dozen to somewhere in that vicinity NFL players on one team, on one roster. So, I mean, you can say, oh, they're not playing against NFL competition. Uh, No, that's not true. (laughs) Like half that team's in the NFL right now, so we can put that to bed. (laughs) So... Again, I see I see Derek Carr as kind of that middling of the road quarterback in the NFL. Not a bad thing, but uh, Drew Locke still needs to climb that mountain to get to that. Ah, uh, see, we lost we lost Richie. Yeah, we might be losing him. Uh, you okay, Rich? He's back. There you go. Yeah, yeah I, I, there's a lightning storm that's rolling in here, so I, I may actually end up getting knocked out beat by the uh, by the storm coming in. So, All right, we got another question for you, Je- uh, Captain. He's uh, from our good friend Johnny Bakke, host of the Nothing Rhymes with Orange and Blue podcast. Thanks for joining, my friend. He says, oh, Captain the Captain, what record do you predict for your Raiders this season? Oh, Johnny, my Johnny. Thank you for quoting that most often line. But by the way, great, great film by Robin Williams. May he rest in peace. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, let me see here. It's May 25th. And people have already asked me, they're like, what, what's the Raiders record this next year? I said, dude, it's May 25th. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is this. And, and, and I said this the other night, I was on with another uh, Raider uh, thing. I was in, in, uh, in the hospital. I did his cast because I, I found how hardcore I was. I said, as of right now, with the Raiders having an 8-8 eight eight record last year, knowing what they've done already, not even with the personnel, knowing that they picked up Gus Bradley as defensive coordinator, that's going to give us at least two more wins. So... As of May 25th, or the other night when it was May whatever, May 19th or 18th when I was on the show, the Raiders' record is going to be 10-7, and bottom line. But it's May 25th. So as I get to know how the team goes, as I learn how they are getting things together, and by the way, if if you're listening to a beat writer, you know, everything's great. Because the beat writers are always going to say, well, this guy is messing with this guy. And they, they, they go out to lunch together and their wives are doing knitting and crocheting together and yada, yada, yada. 
that's a bunch of crap, okay? What you like to see is like to see the folks that actually have an inside gap into what the teams are doing. So as of May 25th, the Raiders are 10 and seven, but I will improve upon that or decrease that based upon injury, what goes on in the league. If the, the uh, and again, I'm gonna be kind to your audience here because the, the 610 knows what I usually call your team. If the Broncos pick up a certain quarterback from the from the north uh, the north mid mid north mid north region, okay, <laughs> that can throw a lot of things in, into the into the hopper. To be honest, though, the one thing that would bringing a quarterback of Rogers caliber over to your team, vice somebody else, is because your team has a decent defense. Derek Carr does not play defense. And that's why, and this is what I was going to get with Richie Richie. I like that, by the way, Richie Richie. Um, Derek Carr has never played one snap of defense except for when he throws an interception and then he'll, you know, he'll either go off the side of the field or, or arrive in agony or whatever. He doesn't play any defensive snaps. So addressing the defense definitely helps Carr out. That's why I said in the, in the pantheon of AFC West quarterbacks, there's Mahomes. There's Derek Carr based upon what he's done. And I agree that Dust, uh, Justin Herbert, as far as upside, should eclipse Derek Carr, in right. my estimation. Right. He might even eclipse Mahomes. He but could. That still, that still remains to be seen. As of, again, May 25th, he's the third best quarterback in the AFC West. And that's what my point there. But again, back to the other gentleman's question. 10 and 7, because I did actually remember there's an extra game this year. Okay. Mm -hmm. But again, I am subject to change that based upon good feelings and the juices flowing. And, and I really believe the Raiders are going to be a better team this year. Just the fact that they have a defensive coordinator that doesn't have his two thumbs, not even one thumb, but two thumbs up his tuchus for the entire <laughs> season. Okay. So, uh, and the Mr. Was it Mr. Jackie? Pack oh, that's Baki. Back, yeah. sir. I, I, I don't have it on YouTube because I want to make sure that the broadcast is clean. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm not watching all the comments as well. So if you're, yes, if you're... so we, we call him Broncos Viking. Broncos Viking. He's he's one of the few guys that has a longer beard than than I do. Um, <laughs> and uh, you you beat me out there too. Although I, I still have more of my original hair color in it though. Um, <laughs> um, but. Uh, I had, you mentioned two things there, and I'm actually it really uh, was quite interesting. So th there's there's two questions that I have kind of in rebuttal to that, which I'm very interested in your takes on. Um, uh, the good thing with our team, well, good depending on who you are. Um, if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm waiting for you to finish this thought. <laughs> I'm sorry, just wait, 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 cut. Oh my goodness. Uh, he muted himself. Uh, while we let Richie uh, collect himself, let's go to another question here, Captain. We'll circle back. Uh, Raul Flores, uh, thanks for watching the show. He says, I'm from San Diego, California, and a Broncos fan. They have always been from Denver. How do you feel every time they change cities? Me not being from Denver, don't know what a difference will do. Okay, well, Raul, thank you. Thank you for asking that. Again, I've been a Raiders fan since 1972 when I lived in Philadelphia. Okay. So I've always remained loyal to my team, no matter where they played. And again, I was a service brat 
So I moved when my dad moved, although I stayed, uh, when I went from Philadelphia down to Florida, I stayed there while my dad uh, kind of moved for different reasons. So I stayed in Florida. I was never a, a Dolphins fan. I was never a Jags fan. And I was never a fake Pirates fan. And I live here with amongst the fake Pirates. So I feel fantastic for Raiders as an organization that the Raiders have always had a piss poor stadium. A, a just a, a a decrepit, nasty, horrible in its construct of a stadium. The fans have been great always. The stadium sucked. And remember, this is a stadium that was made around 1967 when the uh, the A's came over from Kansas City and became the Oakland A's. And that's that the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum was made around 66, 67. So how old is that stadium? Uh, well, a little over 50 years old. So you're in you're in a stadium that has just been, been just decimated by lack of interest. So um, that as far as changing cities, when the Raiders moved from Oakland to Los Angeles, back to Oakland and now to Vegas, I've been a Raiders fan. So I will always be a Raiders fan, and therein lies the, the, the rub. As long as they are called the Raiders, and as long as they have a pirate with cross swords on them, I will be a Raiders fan <laughs> to the day, the day I die. Now, the minute that they become the Dallas Gambler, or sorry, the Las Vegas Gamblers, okay, that was, that was a Freudian for some reason, because I was thinking <laughs> about the Dallas game. The minute they become the Las Vegas Gamblers, I'm not a fan of anybody. I'm not a fan of the, of the Raiders, because they don't exist anymore. So that's, that's, for me personally, how I feel. And I'm glad that we got a state-of-the-art stadium. And you guys have gotten a really good stadium up in Denver. I had a chance to uh, go up there one time. It was actually the game that Derek broke his finger. And uh, we should have won because uh, Cook dropped not one, but two winning touchdown passes that would have won that game for us. So, again, and that was – I do too. Yeah, me too. Uh, but again, uh, a great stadium. I will say that the Bronco fans were very hospitable to me before the game. Not so much after the game because I was. The, the, you guys won, and they were kind of sauced. And not everybody, because I don't paint a wide brush picture. But uh, I walked out of the stadium by myself, and you know, I, I was, I was kind of not happy with the way that some people treated me but then again there was also a great group of broncos fans i was waiting in line for that said yo jack come with us and they gave me an address and a phone number and i went to their bar dressed up and that we had we had some shots and beers and whatnot although i don't drink a lot so i had maybe one or two but i enjoyed the crowd and i enjoyed the fact that that some great fans in denver like i said with, with mary and mile high love that love the fans no, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, that's a great story to hear. And, you know, what? going to, going back to uh, the question that Raul asked us, because uh, I've been asked this by my own friends too, that what if one day the Broncos decided to just up and move from Denver and then they went to, uh, you know, somewhere else, would I still be a Broncos fan? And to me, the answer would still be yes. You know, don't get me wrong. I've been to Denver. I've only been once, but I got to see it. I got to experience it. I've been to Mahai, and it's it's beautiful and it's great and everything. But I'm a Broncos fan. I'm a f- member, uh, a fan of the football team. You know, so th- I, I, don't get me wrong. I I would really miss Denver. 
you know, going there and seeing it once a year, like I like I uh, want to do. But you know, first it's it's the football team that comes first, and as long as the Broncos stay the Broncos, and you know they don't go and change their name like the Oilers did, or you know, and uh, just just totally transition into try to transition into a whole new team, kind of like what the Texans did, where they just you know appeared out of thin air in the in the expansion era, or like the Jaguars at that. So. I would like to think that, you know, the Broncos fans are Broncos fans simply because they're they're Broncos fans and and not so much for I mean, I, I would feel bad for the city of Denver because there would be a lot of Denver fans that would probably not be Broncos fans anymore. Should that happen? I, tell you, I don't I honestly don't think that you will ever have to worry about that, because I know for a fact that Broncos season ticket holders, there's a, a waiting list years long, years long. To get season tickets for uh, Denver Broncos game, so you guys, I really don't think that the and, and the and the family wants to keep them there, even though there's a big turmoil about who's gonna, you know, uh, on that team. And again, I I apologize that that's that's hard to have to go through that. We've gone, we went through that a little bit, and we still kind of go through that as well. It's hard when there's an ownership squabble, but I really believe that the Broncos will remain in Denver, the Chiefs will remain in Kansas City. And I firmly believe the Raiders will remain in Las Vegas for years to come. And the question will be, and I I also firmly believe this, that the Chargers will eventually go back to San Diego when somebody figures out how to buy out that cluster foxtrot of their ownership and move them to San Diego where they had a decent fan base. Not great, but they had a decent fan base. And they can bring them back to San Diego because the NFL loves having a Super Bowl in San Diego and doesn't want to lose that spot. So for the fan that was a Broncos fan from San Diego, my first Raider game was at uh, Jack Murphy Stadium. I'm that old. It wasn't Qualcomm. It was Jack Murphy Stadium. And I saw my first Raiders game, Raiders playing at the Chargers when I was in the Navy station there in the early 90s. So, again, I think that uh, we're, we're going to be solid for a while least with our franchise i, I agree I, I i actually think the raiders move uh, i think oakland it's it's sad a little bit that that the oakland move occurred because i think the the city of oakland there was this kind of upswell if you will within the community of wanting to follow the team but i think ultimately having uh the raiders in las vegas will be good for eventually both the nfl and the raiders as an organization so i i think that as a as a fan of the NFL and a fan of football, um, I think it's good all around. Uh, just in my in my opinion, I, I think ultimately it'll be it'll be better for the league. And I agree with you. When you're like the ninth best sports team in LA, as the Chargers, um, you, you gotta you gotta move somewhere. <laughs> you gotta go back home. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and- and the, the, what's the what's the number one NFL team in Los Angeles, guys? Rams. The Lakers. No. What's the number one NFL team in Los Angeles? Oh, the Rams. Oh, the Raiders. The, the, Ra- the Raiders. And we haven't played there in over twenty freaking years, and we are still the number one NFL team in Los Angeles. Okay. And I defy anybody to prove me wrong. The uh, the Raiders. Then it comes USC, UCLA, the Rams, 
And the Chargers. The Chargers are the fifth most popular team, football team, in L.A. And just in football. And then if you bring in the other sports, they drop immensely. <laughs> All right. Let's get another question in here for you, Captain. Uh, Albert Knopper is a loyal fan of the show. Thank you so much for watching. He says, are you, a, as a Raiders fan, scared if, and I sure hope not, Rodgers gets traded to the Broncos? One word. No. No. Very brave take. No. And, and I'll tell you this. Again, I, I firmly believe that Rodgers will definitely upgrade your offense. I mean, uh, I, I think I can go back there at 56 years old with heart problems and uh, and, and upgrade that offense. Okay? And I, and I throw worse than Tebow. And I am a, I am a, a Gator, by the way. So, Gators, you know, <laughs> orange and blue is fantastic on Saturday. I hate it on Sunday. So, I, I'm going to get that out of the way. <laughs> But I throw worse than Tim Tebow, but even I can upgrade a Denver offense over Drew Locke, okay? If Rodgers goes there, I mean, he's got so many good I, – I, I'm going to go through that. I love your receivers. I, I like Hamler a hell of a lot better than I like Judy, okay? I like Fant, okay? I like the kid from Michigan that I'm not sure if he's still on your team, the tight end that you picked up that was injured. Okay? Jake Butt? But there you go. I'm not even. No, he's he got let go. He's a free agent at the moment. Because, yeah, he was a, a a great tight end pickup because you had butt and fat. Got gotta love that combo. Uh, butt fat. <laughs> but but you know, I and everybody was saying, well, you guys could have had Jerry Judy. I said, dude, Jerry Judy drops too many passes. Okay, and that's not me being an a hole. That's just me going back to his college career. Judy will get that really long, like I said, that one wonderful catch he had. What was it the 92-yarder, whatnot, at the, at the end of the game, career? Because the Raiders were playing Alphonse and Gaston and the Keystone Cops trying to figure out how to tackle him, and the guy just outran everybody. Okay, great catch by Jerry Judy. But I will take Henry Ruggs over Judy any day of the week. If you're talking about speed with the capabilities of catching a pass, I'll take Ruggs. Because he didn't catch, or sorry, he didn't drop too many passes in Bama. He's got a better uh, percentage of doing the, the passes. And he's got more speed than CeeDee Lamb. So if you're going to go speed, capabilities, and pass catching ability, people were bitching that the Raiders got the wrong guy. Well, you know what? They didn't. They got a speedster who could run routes and catch passes. Judy doesn't quite get you there, and CeeDee Lamb is a different receiver. So the Raiders got what they wanted with a receiver that can take the top off. I'm sorry. But getting back to getting back to Rodgers, Rodgers will greatly improve that offense. I like uh, the running back that used to play for the Gargoyles, okay? If he mm -hmm. can stay out the field. Melvin Gordon, great guy. Uh, and, and he likes to run through the Raiders like, you know, like a hot knife through butter, okay? The problem is... Will the Broncos have all those key pieces up front? And that's why the Raiders were good on offense for all these years because they had a very legitimate offensive line. But when you add some guys at Denver that are like turnstiles at your tackle positions, that's a problem. That's one of the reasons why uh, I think you have had problems at quarterback, that Locke is not as good as he could be because you've had problems along your offensive line. So as long as... If you improve that immensely, that's fantastic. If he has time, he will obviously pick you apart. He's an MVP candidate. But Aaron Rodgers also doesn't play defense like Derek Carr doesn't play defense. 
If your defensive guys are down and injured like you have been the last couple of years, that's a problem as well. So again, I reiterate, the answer is no. That actually brings me to a question I, I had. I'm going to skip what I was going to ask before and go kind of something new. You guys had some fairly substantial changes on your offensive line over the yeah, offseason. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm, I knew that was coming too, baby. I knew it, I knew it was coming. Yeah. No, I'm, I have a slightly different take because I'm I'm not going to be as obnoxious as others. Um, is, I, I remember, I'm not watching the comments deliberately because of this. And I, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, no, no, I don't really care about what the comments are here. My, my question is, in most offensive lines, your cohesiveness and that uh, kind of camaraderie that you build up over time matters a lot. That gelling, exactly. And um, you, you mentioned our tackles. I think our left tackle, he was never awful. He just had some really boneheaded holding penalties that really set us back. So I, I, I didn't really think we had an issue at left tackle. He just needed to clean up a few things to kind of eliminate those issues. The right tackle position we can um, we, we can discuss later. Um, yeah, it's still an issue. So, but my, I'm asking about the Raiders specifically. You guys had a, a fairly substantive overhaul on the offensive line. How do you think that's going to happen? How do you think that's going to impact gelling on the offensive line with your players? And do you think that there's going to be early kind of issues and challenges up front, and then maybe some eventual cohesion where you guys going to see some better run games and that kind of or run plays, etc. Right, and, and I'm glad you asked that there, Richie Richie. I love that, Richie Richie. Um, I think that it's got, it, what the Raiders are, have detracted from, losing the three-time Commitment to Excellence Award winner in Hudson at center, okay? Fantastic guy, probably, you know, I think probably the best center in the league for, for the last couple of years, okay? But there were issues, whether it was just him or other issues within the locker room, which I don't know about, and I, I can't talk about them because I haven't been in the locker room. But Mr. Hudson wanted to leave. May he have a fantastic career elsewhere, except when he plays us. And we're not going to see them for a couple of years because he went to the NFC West, along with Gabe Jackson, who was his shipmate on the right guard side, and they were you know together. And I think it was wonderful that the Raiders, A, got draft picks for guys that didn't want to be there, and B, ship them to the NFC West where we won't have to see them for a while. And C, ship them to separate teams so they don't even get a chance to help each other out because they're going to be playing each other. So mm -hmm. it, it's a beautiful thing. Now, we did bring uh, bring in some great run capabilities with Andrew, uh, Andre James, who's a big bruiser of a center who played well one or two times when Hudson was there and has been chomping at the bit. Great run blocker. Okay, he's been sitting behind Hudson, and hopefully he's gotten all the the uh, you know the osmosis by watching what needs to be done the last couple of years sitting behind Hudson. Richie Incognito, the 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 daredevil of oh my God, the guy is so old, but he's still playing, and it, it seems like uh, uh, Methuselah at left guard because he keeps coming back better and better each year. And we got him at a discount because his his contract was high. We cut him. We got him back for a lower price. We also have several guards that will be able to take those spots. Right now, I'm looking at uh, Good as our right guard that will come in from Jackson. And Good played a wonderful right tackle when Twinkies and Twitter Brown was on the team. And he was actually, Good was the best offensive lineman not named Hudson on the line last year. And he's going to go right in at right guard as of right now. We also have John Simpson, the kid out of Clemson. 
we have uh, Otten, the kid out of Alabama, and some other people. We we picked up Nick Martin, who was the center guard for the Texans. So we got some play there, and we picked up the I think the the number four center in all of college football in the seventh round. The kid's got a chip on his shoulder the size of a boulder because he waited until the seventh round to get picked. And he's a big, strong, ornery bastard that's going to be well. And he might even push James this year. So that's our the, the triangle of guard, center, guard. So I think we are good there run blocking wise. It's going to take a bit to get them into a good uh, pass blocking mode. But I think we'll be okay. As you say, there's going to be some gelling that needs to be done in the beginning of the season. The Raiders come out with a game against the Ravens and go right into Pittsburgh. That's a that's a heavy one-two punch of FU games that the NFL mm-hmm. was. So it might take a little while, but I think we'll be okay. What I do like is the fact we have a bookend tackle with Miller that everybody was bitch moaning and groaning about for years ago. Oh my God, you got a left tackle that nobody knows about. It was the reach, yada, 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 yada. Well, he's a very key point. He's not a gentleman that does get a lot of holding calls like your kid that uh, you know that you were talking about earlier. And by the way, I like the kid. You know, I think he was out of Utah, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I think Bulls was, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I, was out of Utah. You're right. I, I actually pay attention to the other thing. <laughs> uh, and I like your kid, Risner, as well, who's a fantastic offensive lineman for you. But going back to Miller, he's a good fixture on the left tackle, and he's gotten an extension. And everybody was... Oh my God, the world is going to end. They were apoplectic. The Raiders were stupid again by reaching for Leatherwood in the first round. Let me tell you something. Tom Cable, the offensive line coach, said, that was my guy. That's who I want. I need to fix the right tackle position because Twinkies and Twitter, that's my name for Brown, by the way, has gone over and just been a detriment to the New England Cheatriots, and we needed to fix the right tackle position. And Leatherwood is a stalwart at run blocking at Alabama. He's going to need some help, you know, with the finer points of pass blocking. But then again, I think that, like I said, that's going to be a a thing in progress. But if you are run heavy, like I started the show with, stating you got Jacobs and Drake coming in there pounding the rock, then you can throw those other quick openers. By the way, a car is very quick on the on the pass, so. You don't need as much time that you needed when uh, you know LA was back there for seven, eight, nine seconds. Okay, in days of yore, uh, Carr gets rid of the ball. I think what was it like two point four to three point two? I'm, I'm kind of quoting, but he, he throws it quick, and as long as he gets rid of it quick, it won't be as much of an issue. Uh, so there you go, then. Right, right, right. So it's it's a it, you and I are basically, from what I'm hearing, in, in somewhat of an agreement in terms of. As you retool, it's going to be expected. There's going to be, I'll just say issues. I'm not trying to, you know, belittle or anything, but there's going to be issues and hiccups and, and blips. And and the hope is, is that collectively they gel. Although with, you know, best laid plans and all, there's, there's, there is the potential, I, I suppose, that even you would probably have to agree with that as the Broncos have found out with our turnstiles that have been at right tackle, um, you know, you could hope, pray, and and wish that the right guys work out. That doesn't mean they will, though. Um, sure. So, so I, I think I think with with you know I, you know best laid plans and whatnot. You, you know, I think it's a fair comment to to say that you had a fairly cohesive offensive line. 
I actually think Richie Incognito, as much as he's had issues in the NFL, actually improved your offensive line a fair amount. He is, as much as you can knock him for some character concerns throughout his career, uh, most people can never say he's played really bad football. Yeah. Right. He is, a, he is a good football player. And, right. and, and so, and, you know, the, the, the running joke obviously is like, of course he went to the Raiders. And it's like, well, he's clearly helping them out. Look at the run game. Right. So um, now with that being said, um, I did have one question earlier before the lightning to seem to blip my, pla- my power here. Um, similar concept to the offensive line, bringing in a new DC. Do you not see that as a potential risk for gelling of players as well? Um, we, and I'm saying this from experience, yeah. Uh, as you can see from the logo here, uh, we, we did some major changes last year where we decided to fire an offensive coordinator who I didn't think we should and brought in Shermer, who I wish we fired this offseason. And uh, and frankly, our offense did not do all that well last year. And I thought at the very end of the year previous, Drew Locke fit well into Scangarello's offense. Do you think it might be a risk for the Raiders having brought in Gus Bradley if he does not leverage the talents of the players on the team and tries to implement the system rather than complementing the players that you have. Okay, and I'm glad you said that, uh, Rich, and that's a, that's a fair question. It's a good question, and I think that it, it's a quite valid, too. I'm going to say something that every Raider fan is on, on, on knowledge to know about is that Paul Gunther had no business being the Raiders DC for as long as he was, okay? Him and Gruden were were friends, and I I have it on very good cognizance that Gruden didn't fire him, okay? The owner threw Mayock, or Mayock threw the owner, fired Paul Gunther, because Gruden wasn't going to do it. That was his boy, okay? And it took entirely too long. But you saw that when Rod Marinelli, even for that short period of time, allowed the players to play basic straight-up football and not being an overcomplicated system where people were were just looking at each other like, what the hell are you talking about? What is a, what is this? And I'm not going to do the spider Y banana, you know, Gruden crap, whatever the equivalent is to it on defense. Gunther's defenses didn't allow the players to play. It, it, they, they took like two or three seconds to have them think first. And by that time, the guy's gone or the running back is by you. And you can't afford to do that. Gus Bradley with his, and I'm not saying that this is Legion of Boom too, but Gus Bradley's defense incorporates a simple scheme, play up to your capabilities and standards, play basic good defense, which is for younger players. And that's what he incorporated up in Seattle. That's why he got the job in Jacksonville. His team didn't pan out, but the defense was pretty good while he was there. And then in San, uh, San Diego or Los Angeles or San Angeles, if you if you will, the uh, the uh, the Garglers have had a really good defense these past years when their players haven't been hurt. So if you incorporate a good defensive scheme, allowing the players to play up to their potential, and you said that as well, play up to their potential, I think it'll be it'll be better for the Raiders in that respect. You have Ngakwe, who came over because he wanted to play for Bradley. He likes playing for Bradley. Pion 
who came over from the Garglers because he likes playing for Bradley, okay? Littleton will be put into a situation where he can become a back to his all-pro status. Kwiatkowski, who is a react and stick him type of linebacker, will play that much better. And providing that the, the secondary plays better, obviously, and if the defensive front plays better, obviously, we're going to have that much better of a defense. But the, the defense has been retooled, especially in the front. We were trying to go over, well, who the starting defensive, you know, the front line. And I forgot about players because we had signed them. I said, well, who's going to be the starting defense uh, the other night when we were talking about it? There's like 12 guys there that all have the capabilities of starting. And then, oh, we forgot about him. Well, we've got about Solomon Thomas. Oh, we forgot about uh, Richardson, who we picked up in the offseason. We got Ngakwe. We got Max Crosby. And then we can pull in, you know, Clee Farrell as well. Hankins is a stalwart. You know, Pilon, who I mentioned. You know, Carl Nassib, who played well for the fake Pirates and, and basically had his thumb up his butt playing for us last year because he was not playing up the capabilities. You know, there's so many good guys. And Darius Stills, who's probably one of the best undrafted free agents that you can sign on that defensive front. That's how many guys have I mentioned? And we're trying to figure out where they all are. And we can't even figure that out. And again, it's May 25th and injuries as well as capabilities will play into that. We got rid of David Irving because something was a mess and he has natural talent. I don't know what happened to him, but obviously there were some things there that he was not kept. I don't play with the Raiders, I don't go to the uh, practices, and I'm not in the locker room. So I'm not even going to mention what could have happened. The fact is, something was there, and he didn't live up to it, and he's gone. So, and normally, if the Raiders lost a capable players like that, oh my God, the sky is falling. But we got a lot of good talent that we picked up. The, the problem will be we're meshing that talent in the, in the defensive uh, uh, front seven or yeah, front seven. And then we'll see if that secondary can play even nominal. Nominal is what we're looking for there. All right, Captain. Uh, we got some more questions. Uh, we're going to try to speed through them for you. I, uh, I talked about no, it. No, you're, you're totally fine. Uh, Shadow Jacker uh, has a question. He says, Captain, your thoughts on the Broncos defense on paper? On paper, and I'm looking at it because, again, I wanted to make sure that I was actually uh, doing it. If Von Miller is, is healthy, fantastic. I love the fact you have Miller and Brett and Chubb. That's that's great, great linebacker cores in that 3-4. Three, three, love Shelby Harris. Loved him when he played for us. Hated when he knocked that pass down a couple of years ago. And we left Denver. See, I remember things like that. You know, we played for the Raiders. Uh, and actually, I think we dra- he was either a draftee or a free agent picked up that the Raiders had. I like those guys. Um, I'm not really familiar. I love. I tell you what, I love Simmons at free safety. Um, Jackson, uh, who is uh, who, the kid out of Houston, if I'm not mistaken, is a speedster. So he, he's a he's another guy that that is a big but but fast. Uh, Fuller. I'm not really familiar with, but I know Ronald Darby has been around for at, at nickel for a while, so he's played the position and he's a good guy to plug and play there. I like I like the Broncos defense, which is why I said having that kid from the, the Green Bay Packers come over doesn't scare me, no, but then again, it doesn't matter 
who plays quarterback for the Broncos. You just have to outscore the defense and hopefully not let the other guys score too much because that's what it is. You know, how do you win a football game? Score more points than the other guy. Okay. But I do like the Broncos defense. I would, I would lie if I said they ain't nothing. No, they are. They are very something. And uh, hopefully Von Miller comes back for you guys. I, I'd like to take him on a paid vacation around Vegas to all the strip clubs before he, <laughs> you know, and, and keep him out of action. I said, Bob, come on over, dude. I got a check or three for you, you know, so we'll, we'll take care of that. And by the way, that's something that all the NFL teams are going to have to lock down on. That's going to give one advantage to the Raiders uh, on the weekend is that how many, how many NFL teams are going to be stupid? Okay, and I, it's not just Vegas because you can say the same thing about Los Angeles or Miami or Atlanta. It's it's keeping your guys in check. But there's a lot of stuff in Vegas to do, so I'm hoping we get a, a, a minimal home field advantage there as well. I agree, and there's a lot of stuff in Vegas to do in a very condensed area, right? Like, so right on that main strip. That's actually really interesting because a, a lot of other cities – you know, throughout the NFL, they don't have the same vibes or volume of activities <laughs> in in a condensed area. So that's actually really an, an interesting point that I hadn't thought through. But you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Raul Flores has another question for you, Captain. He says, "If our quarterbacks elevate their play, what will be the outcome on those two games?" Your thoughts. Well, if they, I'll tell you what, if, if Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater plays, who I actually like, I, I actually like Teddy Bridgewater. And I think that uh, ultimately, if that guy, uh, I can't remember his name, Roger uh, or, or Reggie, uh, I can't remember. Everybody's talking about some guy coming over to play quarterback. I think you'll be fine with Bridgewater as your quarterback. I really do. He, he's a, he's a, a dynamic player that knows the system well. He can, he can run. He can do the dump-offs. I think that just having Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback is going to improve your offense immensely. I mean, and you guys can live with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, if your quarterbacks elevate their play, I would, I would have to say that maybe, and it used to be this way, the Broncos and Raiders would always split the series. I mean, if you go back to the days of yore, it'd be one and one. And it doesn't matter where they won. Okay, the Raiders could come in mile high and win in Denver, and then Denver would give the ultimate FU to the Raiders and win in our home field. So it used to be that we would split the series because that's a that's a heated rivalry. Okay, so if the quarterbacks for the Broncos elevate their plays, you know it could be a split. It was a split two years ago. It wasn't a split last year because uh, Locke was god awful in, in in Vegas, and uh, you know. We, we actually pulled one out last year when we actually got the two-point conversion that, you know, my boy Harris did knock down at the very end. Yeah, that was a, that was a coaching error on our on our fault. There, Coach Fangio should not have called a timeout and given the, the Raiders I, offense what time. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I was I was doing the same thing. I was like, what are you doing? Why are you giving the Raiders a chance to, to, to you know, yeah, congregate yeah. and get together? And, yeah. you know, uh, I, I mean – coaching errors in a game that meant nothing to both teams uh what are you gonna do so captain i have two quick rapid fire questions for you just because we're getting super tight on time at the end here one 
what is the uh, what's the one thing that you're concerned with the Raiders this season in terms of that could set you guys back? Uh, obviously, key injuries. Um, you know, I think that uh, at least in the years past, you know, when when Carr would go out and we would have to have I don't know uh, Pat McGroin start a game in Denver. You know, that's what I call McGloin, Pat McGloin. Uh, you know, and then the next week we had a kid, uh, uh, Cooks, or Brand, uh, what, Cook, sorry. Cooks, yeah. Play very first, start his very first game in a playoff game. It's yeah. because it, the, there, there were key injuries and the Raiders didn't have somebody behind them. But I think actually we've really revamped our 53. So if, if uh, and I, I'm not going to jinx it. I'm going to say, let's just say, a certain player that touches the ball a lot goes down. Okay. We got somebody behind him that I think is a more than capable backup. Uh, but then again, you know, if you have key injuries to along a couple of different things where this guy's out and that guy's out and that guy's out, then you have a kind of like uh, a tumbling block of what's the old, uh, you know, the, 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 the war was lost because the shoe was off the horse and then the, the, the pistol was off. The, it's, an old, it's an old British thing, and I can't remember it, but, you know, the, the, the battle was lost because the whore lost the whore. Oh, boy, that's a Freudian slip. The horse lost his shoe, okay? So right. go one thing to the next, it's it's a precipitous decline in, in, uh, in key injuries, uh, stupid coaching errors, Gruden being too conservative when, when he shouldn't be. A stupid face mask at the wrong time when you have a game one defense. So, you know, it's it's stupid things like that. Um, again, I'm not I'm not a, a Derek Carr lover like I will go out there and, and go on his lawn and say praise be to Derek Carr. But I will support whoever's playing quarterback for the Raiders because I will support anybody who's wearing wearing the stuff. Just play well. That's all I ask for. If you're wearing a uniform, play well. Right. So, the last rapid fire question. Sorry, I have is uh, what's the number one thing that you're concerned about the Broncos when the Raiders play us? Honestly, uh, I haven't really thought too much on that. Uh, normally, I, I really don't get into the, the the thought precipitation. Only going into like the week next is like, what have you guys done the last couple weeks? Where are your injuries at? Were there things that we need to know about? Does do we know if this guy is hobbled? Do we know if the, if you guys have been making some key key things like in in the playbook or in, in the in the in the film study? Well, this guy leans back. By the way, if you guys don't know that if it's going to be a pass play, if Brandon Parker is in at right tackle because he's leaning back, that's called a tell. Okay. <laughs> If the guy has his foot back, you know it's going to be a pass play. And if he's even up, it's going to be a running play. You know, stupid things like that that you have to play into. And I would lie and say, what do I worry about? I honestly can't answer that question. I'm not trying to get out of the question. I haven't really thought enough about it because it's a little bit early to be thinking about it. Sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I just want to make a quick point about what you said about wearing the uniform. And that's something I've expressed a lot on this podcast and on my high round table is that I, even though I'm a big Julock fanatic, I support whoever the Broncos brass give the keys to, whether it's Locke, whether it's Bridgewater, whether it's Rogers, whoever it is that gets the nod to start week one, I support a hundred percent because that's the guy that 
I'm entrusting with as just as the, the Broncos front office is to say, hey, you know, week one, you're the guy. And hopefully our backup should we hope we never have to turn to, uh, you know, it, it's that can be somewhat reliable and kind of steer the ship as we wait for our QB one, if he's temporarily injured or if he's, you know, completely out of the game for the season and the Broncos are scrambling for another uh, answer at quarterback. So I, I totally agree with you in terms there that if you wear the uniform, respect it, whether it's black and white or orange and blue. Yeah, and see, I look like Driscoll as your quarterback because I went to school with his father. Okay, seriously. Oh, wow. Yeah, Driscoll's father is Jerry Driscoll. We were both service brats living in Orlando together. So I went to elementary school and all the things. Oh, where is he now? He's on the Cowboys. I think he went to the, I think he went to the Cowboys. Yeah, he's the backup for the Cowboys. Okay, well, I'm going to have to try to hit his dad up because, hey, Jerry, dude, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, before we go, the one last question for you, Captain. Uh, yeah. Where was it? It was a pretty good question. Uh, oh, here it is. From our good friend Johnny Baki. He says, Captain, gun to your head. You had to pick a favorite Broncos player in history. Who is it? And conversely, Adon and Rich for the Raiders and why? Uh I, I would I will tell you the person I hate the most, and that's friggin' Tom Jackson, because he's got a mouth on him. The Bronco that I like the most is Carl Mecklenburg, because I just respected him, and he was so awesome. He was on my show. I asked him to be on my show, and he was fantastic. I always like Carl Mecklenburg anyway, so for him to come on my show cemented him as my favorite Bronco, and TJ can just bite my nads. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, you know, to answer your question there, Johnny, I would probably say Bo Jackson because Bo Jackson was the very first Raider player I've ever seen, uh, you know, growing in. And that was me when I was growing up playing Tecmo before I found out that Bo Jackson was a hack in that game. But he was just a guy that he could play anything, football, baseball, hell, maybe even basketball for that matter. <laughs> I'm going to go more recent than that just because uh... – it's easier for you to remember all the names and everything, but uh, I'm I'm basically of a similar size, so I actually like Darren Waller. Um, I, I'm a I'm a rugby player. I, I played at a pretty high level playing rugby, so he and I are similar in terms of size. I'm not quite as tall as Darren is, but I'm I'm similarly sized to him. So I I would be a uh, I would be a, a tight end or kind of that H back in the NFL. So I, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm just basically 6'2 and about 245 to 250. I'm so, coming up there and I'm putting you two guys as my bookends, man. I'm, 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 I'm 6'10 and 6'2 and I'm a pirate looking badass. I'm like, yeah, come up with me. Come up with me. I got to right here. Yeah, so I, I like him. I also, I actually happen to really like your running back too, but I just, I like what Waller does because I think he, he does a mix of both in terms of, uh, uh, he does a minor blocking, which I was always good at. But I also think he catches the ball really well, which is kind of one of the things that I did in rugby that most people didn't think someone that my size had the same speed and catchability. So uh, I, I think, you know, from a recency bias, I'd say Darren Waller. Yeah, and let me just say, Darren Waller was a fantastic fantasy pickup for me last season. So, <laughs> that. so uh, with that being said, everybody, thank you so much for watching. Unfortunately, that's going to do it for us tonight. We do apologize if we didn't get to everybody's questions. But hey, I talk too much. <laughs> uh, Richie and I would like to thank our guest today, Captain Jack Rackham. Captain, where can, they, where can they find you on Twitter? 
Well, uh, if you look for my name, you can find me pretty much everywhere. Instagram, uh, it, on Twitter, it's Captain without the A-I-N. Uh, so C-A-P-T Jack Rackham, and it's at, you can find me there. Please, I need to get my Twitter hits. If you have Twitch, follow me on Twitch. It's at the same thing. It's like C-A-P-T Jack Rackham. I do Twitch. I do YouTube. That's my YouTube uh, thing right there. And I love people coming into my show talking about your team. That's why when I do the Ask Captain Jack show, I love it when people talk about their team and we can converse back and forth. I love it. And yes, I will give you more than five seconds to talk while I don't touch this talking away. So <laughs> please come come follow me. Uh, I enjoy And guys, I, I uh, thank you very much. And I, I'm very happy that I had a chance to come on. I didn't want to miss this. Like I didn't want to miss my other gig the other night because out of respect, you know, I'm going to play hurt. And I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, no. Thank you for coming, Captain. Uh, Richie, take it away. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on a quest for 1,000. That's right, we are on a quest for 1,000 subscribers and followers on YouTube. It's important to us and we want you to help us accomplish that. If you can please share our channel, let everybody you know know about our channel, that would be greatly appreciated. Another thing that really, really does help us here on YouTube, you know, tweak the algorithm, so to speak, is if you comment on our video, we will certainly comment back. I check those videos regularly personally, and I really wanna have that conversation back and forth. If you don't like something I said, call me out on it. If you don't like something Six Foot Ten said, mention it. We really want as much interaction from you, our fans, as possible, and please help us reach that 1,000 subscriber on YouTube. Also, for those of you who follow the orange and blue part the nothing rhymes with orange or blue podcast we really have a mission here at mile high roundtable we want to hear over the pa at the empower mile high stadium the mile high five now captain does not know about the mile high five yet because i don't think he's tuned into any of our podcasts however i want each and every one of you at home to follow the one two three and let's all give a mile high five one, two, three. Mile high five. five. Woo! That's awesome. We really want that to go stadium wide at the Empower Stadium because we want that to be a thing and we want that to everyone to know that that came from us here at the Mile High Roundtable. Also, for everybody else, if you can follow us on all of those social media platforms, the great thing is it's all the same name everywhere. MHRT podcast, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, across the board. Easy to find us. You will not miss us. Also, for our audio listeners, I'd like to thank you very much for checking checking us out. We are available anywhere where your audio podcasts are available. We upload through a platform that gets it out to everywhere, whether it be Google's, all, all the important Apple podcasts, all, everywhere. It is everywhere for you to check out via audio like subscribe support do whatever you need to do there and again if you have any questions or have topics or anything you want us to discuss on this show you can hit us up on twitter my handle is at richie rich a and my co-host is at a six foot ten mexican we have other shows coming up this thursday our namesake 
uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, and 5 p.m. Mountain. And then, of course, we have the Nothing Rhymes with Origin Blue podcast on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central, and 5 p.m. Mountain. I'm Richie Richie. On behalf of myself and my co-host, a six foot ten Mexican, we want to thank you for joining us. And until next time, thank you.